Welcome to Divorce Is Not a Destination, the podcast that's here to help you move forward from divorce into a dynamic, fulfilling life. I'm Divorcee and your host, Dr. Lisa Summerhour, and I'm excited to be your guide on this journey. This four-part series is on attachment styles, and for some reason, this has been popping up a lot lately. I did a really, I did one show on attachment styles last year, and I just kind of went through all four of them um, briefly. And then I had a friend of mine actually do attachment styles as a Bible study, which I didn't even think was like a thing, but apparently it is. So I, I want to thank, uh, my mom is here, Jennifer's here, Justin is here. We may have a few other people joining us. Monica may pop in. Uh, I'm Dr. Lisa Summer Hour, and this podcast is Divorce Is Not a Destination. Now, I work with mostly women, some amazing men, but mostly successful women who are in high power positions who are dealing with either a breakup or divorce. Because I tell people, you know, divorce is not just about a marriage breaking up. You can be divorced from a lot of things, but we know from experience that many of us have gone through breakups that were as devastating, if not more, than some people who actually had to go through a divorce, right? So I work with folks on that and we work on a couple of things and this podcast is an extension of that so I can speak to a broader audience and get feedback and I love the fact that we get to have live interaction here. So tonight I'm going to be talking about secure attachment. Secure attachment is one of the four attachment styles and if you look on my little ticker tape down there, my little fortune cookie that's running there is a link that will actually take you to, it's a book called Attached. I should have pulled it off myself. It's probably not far away. It's not far away. It's right here. This is, you see all the tabs in this book? This is one of my favorite books. Therapist referred me to that book. If he had only done that, it would have been worth a couple of visits anyway. But I recommend this book to everybody. Um, but what I like, the ticker tape, that little link you see there is actually a free assessment that you can take so you can learn your attachment style. What's great about it is there's a second one that you can plug in information on your current partner, an uh, old partner, <laughs> and you can find out what their attachment style is too. And I'm going to tell you, when you put your partner in, if you do, do yours and do your partner and then look at them, it might explain a lot of things that were going on in your relationship that you could not figure out what the issue was, what the problem might have been. And when you know your own attachment style, it's really, it's a, it's a lot of information. It's good information for you to have so you can see how you're showing up. Now, 50%, maybe a little more of folks are what we call secure attachment, and that's what I'm going to be covering tonight. We all want to be secure attachment, and you can decide before we're done if you get off later and take the assessment. Um, you can listen to this and see if this sounds like you or not, and maybe you'll be pleasantly surprised, and maybe you'll be thinking, oh my God, do I need therapy? I don't know. Or maybe you'll realize you got some stuff to work on, or that you're with someone who thinks they're secure, and you may start hearing some things in here that tell you that, that maybe not so much. And we do kind of go in and out. You may not stay in one all the time. Some things can move you. So I'll talk about that a little bit too. So let me just jump in with what is secure attachment. First of all, attachment styles are said to be developed when we're children. They, so like a lot of things, they go back to our childhood. Not necessarily saying you can blame your parents, but it's associated very closely because the research behind this actually started 
uh, with them looking at children and how children's attachment to their parents was. So you can look at a child's, uh, the way that they have learned to navigate life based on their relationship with their parents. And we basically carry this into our adulthood. So secure attachment is somebody who has the ability to see themselves and other people, hey Monica, and other people in a positive way. They're able to develop what we call secure, healthy relationships with other people. And it's important because this can lead to, you know, really healthy, long-lasting relationships with other people. And if you don't have secure, a secure attachment style, you may realize that having long-lasting relationships has been a challenge. People who are securely attached also have high self-esteem. They're able to trust other people and they're able to be trusted, right? And they have an ability to regulate their emotions so that they can communicate effectively. And this all sounds really good and it's something that most of us, if we are into uh, self-help and lifelong learning, these are all the things that we tend to work on, but we have all been in a relationship with somebody that we know was like um, not they weren't there. They weren't there. So how can you develop a secure attachment style in childhood? So I'm going to talk a little bit about what it looks like in childhood. This style, this person generally during or in infancy, they had interactions with their parents or their caregivers that helped promote their attachment style. So the parents or caregivers, they respond promptly and appropriately to a child's needs. Right? When that happens, it increases the child's likelihood that they're going to be secure. And so that may mean every single time something happens, they're not hovering over the kid like a, a helicopter. But it also means when the child is in distress, somebody shows up. Right? So it's, one of, it's those extremes that can cause these, these issues. It's been shown that children with a secure attachment style grow up to be adults with secure attachment style. So five conditions that... Um, say that they have, you have raised a child who is securely attached, a securely attached child. One, when the child feels safe. So a child needs to feel secure. They need to feel like they are safe in the environment that they're in because it helps them to flourish. You don't want a child that seems to be under duress or stress constantly because of things going on around them because it just creates this anxiety that causes you know other things to happen in a kid's uh, a kid's personality and a kid's a way that they they react to life in general. The child feels seen and known. And I, I was listening to something about two weeks ago, and the uh, speaker was talking about something that. Uh,
Okay, am I back on? I am. You know what? Technology is wonderful when it's working. All right, I'm assuming everybody can hear me. We're back on. So, where was I? Hold on. It's good to have backup, isn't it? All right, we are back in. We are back in business. So, I was talking about uh, the list of things where you can help. It'll help you identify if a child has secure attachment style. So a child with secure attachment style, they're going to feel safe. They are going to feel seen and heard. I was talking to you about the author who said that she had a tendency to want to kind of fix or address something that she saw that was out of line when her kids came into the room. And she was saying the difference that it makes when a child walks into a room and an adult just sees them. And when that kid, and we, we all have experienced this, even as an adult, you know when you walk into a space and somebody greets you with a smile or they just see you, just your presence, you can see that there's some light that hits them. And that's the kind of feeling that you want to give children so that they do have that sense of feeling, of feeling secure and feeling safe, feeling seen when they are comfortable in their space, when they feel valued. So you're having these healthy conversations with, with kids. And I think the other one is they feel supported and they have a good sense of who they are. So it's all of the things that we look for in ourselves that we want for ourselves when we're, we're adults. And it's the things that we want to see in the people that we're in relationship with. And so it makes sense that when researchers first started looking at this, they were looking at, um, at how children were attached to their, their parents. Um, typically, I think most of the research it was, it was a child with their mother, how they were attached to their mom. And so when those things are missing in, in children's lives, we can kind of understand how that could be problematic in us when we become adults. There was some more stuff when you start thinking about relationships and you start looking at families. Hey, Laura, when you start looking at the relationships between friends and family and, and a potential partner, if that's a tendency of yours, keep up that. Keep that habit up because that's a good thing to do, that you're looking at how are they in relationship with the other people in their life when you meet them. Um, I used to always say I wanted somebody, I always want to be with somebody who has some kind of a passion in their life because I think when you have something you're passionate about, you are able to have passion for someone else. So that was one thing. The other one was what do their relationships look like? I always wanted a guy that had at least one male friend who could get with him. You know, so who in your life is going to check you when you're out of order? We all need that person. I have a couple of girlfriends that I can call and they're not going to BS me. They're not going to say something just to make me feel good. I call them on purpose because I know I'm going to get the truth. I know they love me, I know, that, but, but they're going to tell me what I need to hear, not what, what I want to hear. So those are some things you can look for in your relationships or the potential, a person you are potentially going to get in a relationship early on. Just check and see, do they have these kind of things in place? Because these are the kinds of things that identify somebody who is secure enough to be challenged by their friendships, to have healthy relationships. Do they have long relationships in their lives? Or is everybody sort of, I just met them and my friends come and go? Because these are, these are, these are going to be some telltale signs you're going to want to look at after going through this. So how can you secure, you know, how do you have these secure relationships? So Individuals should share their feelings. They need to be able to be open and honest. And I want you to think about relationships you've had in your past or maybe you have in your life right now. How comfortable are you and your partner 
at being open and honest about what's going on with you? Do you have moments where, or periods, or do you have a, a consistent pattern of behavior, one of you or both of you, where you don't really say what's on your mind? You have a difficult time saying what you're feeling. Or are you in a relationship with somebody where you feel like you have to constantly pull these things out of them and it's it's just drudgery for you? And it's even more painful for them. Like they just have a hard time having really heartfelt conversations, uh, being vulnerable. Um, it's important to be able to resolve conflict and to be able to do it in a positive way. So um, there shouldn't be a lot of criticizing, shouldn't be name calling, um, finger pointing. Can you have a healthy conflict and be able to resolve it? I can remember years ago, years ago with, the, with an ex, we were in counseling and my ex at the, my, well, he wasn't my ex at the time, soon to be, um, said to our therapist that he had never heard his parents have an argument. And he thought that was a great thing that he had never heard his parents have an argument. And the therapist said, but if you've never heard your parents have an argument, you've also never heard your parents resolve an argument and make up. And so we don't think about that because a lot of people think having a good relationship means you don't have problems. And that's, that's not realistic. We're going to have problems. You and your best friend are going to have problems. The thing is with your best friend is you love and trust each other enough to believe that you're going to be able to get over the problems. Hey, Maticom, Maticom, who is that? Um, and so it's not about not having a problem in a secure relationship, a, a relationship with two secure people. They have enough wherewithal and vulnerability and, and sensibility to be able to have a conversation about a problem. They don't have to agree on it, but they are able to resolve it in a, in a, in a positive manner. They are able to trust and, and have this kind of a secure attachment because they can trust themselves to be able to handle what's going on. And they can also trust their partner that you're not coming at me to tear me down. We're having a conflict. We're having a disagreement and we're going to resolve it because it's going to make us stronger in a relationship. And we're both strong enough as individuals to be able to handle it. And, and I love folks that are in here. Hey, Wanda, um, if, if something strikes you, if you hear me say something, I still, the link that you see going on my little fortune cookie will take you to a site where you can take your own assessment to see your attachment style, but it'll also give you another assessment that you can take for your partner or an ex if you're just curious to know what was that person's style. So there are some signs to look for when you're talking about secure attachment. So I'm gonna go through this list and this is where uh, I definitely want you to chime in if some of these things register or if it triggers something from your past and you go, oh my gosh, that was a problem for me. So one of them is your ability to regulate your emotions, ability to regulate your emotions. And, and I, I'm gonna give you some of my examples because those are the ones that I own so I can share those with you. I was with someone who I started to believe that their, their one emotion of choice, if things were not going perfectly, their go-to emotion was anger. It was just anger. Like it was just easy for this person to get angry. And it wasn't yelling and screaming. It showed up in all sorts of ways, but, it, but, but I realized that it was internalized. It was internalized. And this is huge because later I'm gonna talk about dating yourself and, and that's gonna be something to look for. How do you treat you? 
So your ability to regulate your emotions. We have a range of emotions as human beings, and it is okay to go through any of them, but you should be able to regulate your emotions. Your emotions should not be dictating how you show up all the time. They, they shouldn't be dictating how you respond to everything. You should be able to get a handle on, excuse me, on your emotional state so that you can express that your anger without throwing stuff across the room. <laughs> you're, you can express that you're disappointed. You can let somebody know how you're feeling without that emotion being the thing that dictates your behavior. Because that just means you're out of control. And then, like I said, your ability to be able to share what that emotion is. And that's what somebody with secure attachment should be comfortable doing, right? So think about that in your current or past relationships. Were you that person? Is that something that you needed to work on, that you still need to work on? Or can you remember being with somebody where that just was not the case? You, you can think now that emotionally they were just all over the map. So the next one is trust. Now, if you have secure attachment, you should be able to trust yourself. And to a large degree, you should be able to trust other people. Now, I have people saying you have to um, earn, you, they'll say you earn respect. You, you, respect should be given. You should respect somebody else because you just want to be respected and you're, you were raised to be a respectful, respectful person. Trust does need to be earned. So you need to figure out what that relationship is. Obviously, if you just met this person, but think about your ability to trust other people when you're in relationship with them. Does it take a lot for you to really be able to trust, to share your emotions, to be honest, to be open? And how good are you at trusting yourself to be able to deal with things if they don't go the way you're planning, the way you think they ought to go? Because very often, and this is one of the things that I, that I coach women on, very often we're not trusting other people because we haven't learned to trust ourselves. So you're not going to trust somebody else when you don't even have the capacity to trust you. Because what that means is you don't think you can handle things if they don't go your way. That's you not being able to trust yourself to handle things that are outside of your control. When you get to a place where you can say, I'm not 100% sure how this is going to go, but I know I'm going to be able to deal with it. That's when you know you can trust yourself. And when you're able to do that, you can give folks grace so that you can, you can be able to trust them. You want to be able to, you should be able to, in a secure uh, attachment style, this person is able to communicate effectively. They can tell you what's going on with them. They can share with you how they feel. They don't have an issue being vulnerable. And obviously, that's kind of on a range. Vulnerable to somebody else may, may not be vulnerable enough for others, but there should be some vulnerability that they're able to demonstrate in this relationship with you. Um, again, it should not be like pulling teeth. If you are constantly having to drag information and things out of this person, they're probably not, and they're, they're not dealing, you're not dealing with somebody who has secure attachment. And that's okay, because like I said, only about half the people walking around here are actually operating from a secure attachment style. That means the other half are one of those, are one of those other three. And so it's great if two people who operate from secure attachment style get together, but very often it's not. And they say that if you are someone with secure attachment style and you're with someone who isn't, there is a possibility that you could help them develop a more secure attachment style. That's, I'm not saying that's your job. I'm just saying it's possible. Um, secure attachment style, 
ability, have the ability to seek emotional support. So if you have secure attachment style and you're in a relationship where you guys have problems that you need help resolving, secure attachment style is not going to have a big issue going to therapy or contacting somebody to have a conversation with. Even friends, I'm realizing that people who are not uh, operating from a secure attachment style, many of them don't even have a close circle of friends that they will confide in. They they take loner to a whole nother level. They are independent to, to a degree that it's not necessarily healthy. It steps outside of that realm of secure attachment style. Um, so you want to have ability, you want to see this ability in somebody with a secure attachment to have effective communication style. Seek emotional support. Ah, this is one. I'm going to get into this with, I think it's avoidant, but they enjoy intimate relationships. They enjoy intimate relationships. Now, I'm not talking about, which is, hey, want to enjoy that too, because there's a difference between sex and intimacy. I see Monica's got party going on. There's a difference between sex and intimacy. And I believe it's the avoidant attachment style that I actually headed that one, um, sex with no intimacy, because they're able to do that. But if you have secure attachment, you want intimacy. You want to feel that closeness with somebody. You want to have that kind of relationship where you're able to, to bond and enjoy somebody else's company and explore all of those things that make you feel alive, right? And that's all connected to that ability to, to have this intimate relationship. So secure attachment, you're going to get your intimacy. You're going to get your warm fuzzies. You're going to get your feel goods. Um, at the same time, secure attachment, you're comfortable being alone. You're comfortable being alone. You can spend that time with your special person. And when they, he, she, they have to go off and do whatever they're doing, you're not you're not sitting on the phone going, they haven't texted me since they left. They left five minutes ago and they didn't text me to tell me that that's not you. Secure attachment because you trust yourself to be able to handle what's going on and you trust them to do whatever it is they're doing. You'll, you'll connect when you connect and you're fine with that alone time. You might even look forward to it every now and then because you like you enough to be with you by yourself. So you've got your things that you want to do, your self-care, your read a book, Maybe you have somebody that you, a girlfriend or whoever that you want to spend time on the phone with just to get caught up, a family member that you check in with. It's the things that you do for yourself, sometimes by yourself, and you're okay with that if you're coming from this secure attachment style. Um, you do know how to ask for help when you need it, and you know where to go to, to get it, you know, because we all have certain friends or family that we can call for certain things. And you have those people in your life. You're, a secure attachment means you have those people in your life and you know that you're okay going for help. Um, sometimes people are so busy worried about how it's going to look. They've built up this image that I don't need nobody. I got this. I can do it on my own. And that's not necessarily healthy because I, I will continue to believe if God wanted us to be by ourselves, he would have put all of us on different planets. I do believe we are here to develop healthy relationships with other people and figure out how can we help somebody else be their best self. And there are people that are walking around us that are designed to help us do the same thing. And I believe that is, is part of this secure attachment that you gotta be able to um, look for help and support and comfort 
when you know you need it and be okay asking for it. You also need to have the capacity to offer that and give that to someone else when they need it. So it's the ability to seek comfort and the ability to give comfort when it's needed, right? And my mom used to say most things are good when they are are in, um, uh, oh my gosh, uh, what, Ma, what is it? What is it? Everything is good in moderation. That's the word I was looking for. In moderation, because we know some people who are so giving. Oh my gosh, they're so giving. They'll give you the shirt off their back, the shoes off their feet. And some people take pride in that and they think that's great. That's not necessarily great. I just heard a pastor preach. He said, be careful of the folks that want to give everything they have all the time to anybody. That's basically what he preached. He said, because that's not healthy either. There are things that you have that you need for you in order to take care of and provide for yourself. And the fact that you think it's okay to give all of that away and leave yourself in dire need, that means there's something a little out of balance. So secure attachment, you can receive comfort, you can ask for it, and you can also give it when it's needed. You have the ability to self-reflect. Let me say that again. You have the ability to self-reflect reflect. I used to have somebody that was always doing this to me. You need to look in the mirror. You need to look in the mirror. And I realized if you're always holding the mirror up for me, when do you get to look in the mirror? Because if I have mine and you holding up yours at me, that means I got two mirrors and you got none. So it's the ability to self-reflect and do that in partnership. So when you're in a relationship, sometimes you do need to take a step back and kind of check yourself. Is everything okay? Um, am I feeling, do I still feel good here? Do I still feel safe here? Is this where I want to be? It's okay. You know, you're, especially if you're, you're in a dating relationship, that's exactly what that is for, for you to continue to check, do your own checks and balances to see, is this, this, does this still feel right for me? Am I, am I show, able to show up as my best self? And do I feel like I'm also enhancing this person's life as well? And that's a nice conversation to be able to have. You know, what are we bringing to each other? Can we verbalize that? What am I getting from this person? Can I share with him uh, the things that I that he does that I feel like make my life enhance my life? Because I got a pretty pretty darn good life already. So I'm like I said like a couple weeks ago. I'm not looking. I don't need a circus clown because I'm. My mother told me I'm not allowed to be one. So I don't need somebody to make me be happy. I do want somebody that shows who's already happy, right, Monica? I want somebody that shows up in my life already happy, and then we can be deliriously happy together. Like, how cool is that? Um, I want somebody who is easy to connect with. People that don't make trying to be in relationship with them difficult constantly. Um, if you can think of a relationship from, I hope it's in your past. I hope it's in your past. But think of a relationship that you have been in, or maybe you knew someone who was in one, and the, the relationship was constantly a struggle. It was constantly, you know, somebody, I, I like a good joke. I, I like a little sarcasm. At the same time, somebody that is constantly on sarca in sarcastic mode, I can't. I, I can't. I can't. I won't. At, at some point, it just becomes exhausting they put up so that they can never really have anybody get too close. They use humor or whatever it is, sarcasm, little snide remarks. And so they make it really difficult to connect with them. 
And that's a sign of somebody that may not have secure attachment style. And if you do, you're probably going to pick up on that and that's not going to feel good for you. Um, so if that's happening, just start paying attention to these things, especially if you're seeing this stuff and if you're seeing multiples, you know, from this list, you're seeing several things from this list that are red flags for you. That's a parade coming. Listen to the music, right? If you're, if you're seeing the flags and hear the horns playing and that. Somebody with secure attachment style sees other people in a positive light. They see other people in a positive light. People with secure attachment style, hey, Frankie, people with secure attachment style, you will notice them out and about because they're the ones complimenting other people. Now, we can all probably be catty. We can sit in the airport or a mall and be like, ooh, my mom would say in a minute, ooh, somebody, let, they let their friends walk out. I, my, my mom, I, it is the network. There's something going on with the network here because I'm getting a poor quality here. So we got internet issues, but I think it's working better here. Um, and, oh, thank, oh, you are welcome. Matt at Conf, you are very welcome. Um, somebody with secure attachment style is complimentary to other people. And the reason they're able to do that they're also complimentary with themselves. And I mentioned earlier, and I'm gonna get into what that looks like. Who do you know when you go out with them, they will stop and compliment someone? You know, you go to the barista at your Starbucks and they wanna tell the person how great their hair looks, or you got a wonderful smile, I love that top. How often do you do it? Because people who are happy and generally bringing joy into a space, they have joy in them, they don't have a problem complimenting others. Somebody that doesn't have a secure attachment style, you will find they are often negative. They're often extremely critical. They usually have harsh comments to say to people or about people. And so again, if you're in partnership, if you're in relationship with somebody that's exhibiting those traits, probably not secure attachment style spending time with you. Um, and the other, like I said, the other thing is that positive self-esteem they're gonna think positively of themselves. Not cocky, but definitely confident. Not egomaniacal, but definitely healthy ego, which is a good thing. Muhammad Ali said once, uh, I was met, the, the day that I met him, um, he was giving a speech and he said, a man without an ego is like a donut without a hole. It's not a donut. So you gotta have some. You need to have a healthy amount of ego just to make sure you can get up in the morning and walk out of the house with your head held high. Um, and so somebody who has a positive or a, a secure attachment style, they have a positive self-image. They see themselves as a good human being, as a decent person. So I want to talk about breakup and then I'm going to go into like what you can look for in, in a relationship or look for to have that kind of a relationship with somebody who has a secure attachment style. Because even somebody with a secure attachment style, they're going, we, we have breakups. Um, I've taken this assessment three times because I had a therapist who wasn't, he, he wasn't convinced I had secure attachment style. Took three different tests. They all came back secure. So, you know, I don't know who I was trying to convince, him or me, but I thought I knew before I took it, but that was cool. Um, if you have secure attachment style, when you are in a relationship that ends, you're going to be the person who is able to communicate how you're feeling about it. It doesn't mean you're not going to hurt. It doesn't mean you're not going to be upset by it. It doesn't mean your heart won't feel like it broke in half. It doesn't mean any of that because you're still human. But it means that you are more likely to be able to be really honest about whatever those emotions are that you're experiencing. 
And somebody with secure attachment style is also more likely to be the one to be able to reach out to their family and friends and say, I need support. I need support. I'm going through a real, this is really hitting me hard and I am going through a, a difficult time and I need somebody to talk to about this, right? And that means that you know you are in need and you need that comfort. You probably also are going to be okay even if you think you need to get yourself therapy for a little while or coaching or whatever it is that you need because you want to make sure you're doing everything to bring yourself back to your full self. As, as vibrant or whatever, however you were showing up before, you want to make sure you're able to get yourself back to that and be that person who can reflect on what happened and learn from it. What did you get out of that relationship that was good for you? What things don't you, you, you don't want to go through again? And those are the things that can happen when, you, when you're able to reflect, self-reflect, because that is a healthy way of taking care of yourself, to be able to do that kind of an assessment, to understand what did I just experience? Why didn't this relationship last? Where, where did I do something that I'm not proud of? Or what were the things that, that I did that I feel really good about in that relationship? And I'm going to keep that and work on that even more for the next one because that felt good for me. And that was even positive for both of us. And sometimes it's just that you have enough sense and wherewithal to realize you're just not with the right person. You're not with the right person. And that doesn't mean you have to give yourself a fail or you need to find all these flaws. You, you realized this relationship wasn't healthy for me and I needed to end it. Or you can acknowledge that maybe that's what your partner was thinking. And that's probably a good thing that it ended if you're with someone who says, I don't want to be here. The last thing you want to do is try to convince them to stay someplace they've already told you don't, you don't want to be. So I want to talk about, um, you know, if you're looking to get into another relationship, You've gone through a breakup or a divorce. You've given yourself your time. You've, you've done these two assessments. I'm telling you, do this assessment for yourself and then do it for you. If you just broke up, do it for your ex. That book, where's that book? This book, I don't know if I showed this to you. This book was one of the best gifts I gave myself after my last big breakup. It was this book right here. There was another one called Loving What Is. I've talked about that one too. Loving What Is. These two books... Because when I realized where I was and where he was in this book, I was like, it's amazing. It lasted as long as it did. Hello. And you can be comfortable <laughs> and thankful with where you are in your life right now to know I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. But if you are at a place where you're like, okay, if I want to try to attract somebody who is secure, you know, what might that look like? What might that person look like? Um, so you want to look for somebody who, again, self-aware. They have a healthy, uh, healthy self-esteem. They understand their value. They are available emotionally. And I talk to a lot of women who find, and this was me when in my 20s and 30s, it was them daddy issues where you're trying to find that man who's not really available. He's physically there but he's not, he's not really available. And you think you're going to love him into being available. Yeah, probably, probably not. He's just going to not be available and you're just going to be exhausted. So one of the first things you can do is date yourself. So date yourself. And my sister and I used to joke that we are like, really, we are so such good dates to ourselves. I'm, I am a great date. I, I must say I'm a great date. Date yourself. Because when you date yourself, um, as silly as it may sound, 
you will see how good are you with planning something for yourself, right? Do you skimp? Do you cheat? Or do you kind of go all out for you? Or do you realize that I only go all out when it's somebody else? Like I don't, I don't do for me what I would do for other people. And it's going to make you kind of look at that and, and check yourself a little bit to go, where, what is that about? What is that about that I will plan something really wonderful for other people, but when it's me, I just kind of take the low ball. I'll take whatever comes. I, I don't give myself my best. So date yourself. Um, when you need to resolve something, like how do you talk to yourself? Do you compliment yourself? Or do you catch yourself being overly critical of yourself? When you stand and look in the mirror, when you're thinking about how you're showing up, what is your communication to yourself about yourself? We all have that, that voice in our ear. And what is your saying to you? Um, do other people compliment you and you have a hard time saying thank you? Are you always deflecting compliments? Because these are all, all signals about what you think about yourself. And, and you may think it's cute. You know, some, some, some of us, and I'm saying us, but I don't really mean me because I was not raised in that house. Um, some people were raised to think less of themselves. And it could have been um, intentional because they were just in a household where there was some negativity there. And it could have been unintentional because people thought, well, I don't want them to be, I want you to be humble. And their misunderstanding or misinterpretation of what humble is means that you think less of yourself. And that's not what being humble, that's not humility. Humility is you just, you, you think of yourself less. You, you make room to think of other people. It's not all about you, but it doesn't mean that you think less of yourself. Does that make sense? So you don't think less of you. Just think of you less. Make sure you leave room to think of some other folks. And you can still be humble and know what you're really good at. Because I, I truly believe you can't thank God for your gifts and your talents if you don't even acknowledge that they exist. So you need to learn to just be able to accept a compliment and say thank you. And you ought to be able to look in the mirror and go, you know what? I like you. And I'm going to tell you why. Because let me tell you what you did yesterday that was so good. I'm so proud of you. And, and have these conversations with yourself. Don't worry about looking crazy. The mirror won't tell nobody. So um, all of this stuff is part of you actually forming a positive relationship with yourself. Because until you have a healthy, positive relationship with yourself, you won't be able to demonstrate that behavior to anybody else coming into your life. So if you want to have a healthy relationship, be able to model what a healthy relationship with you looks like. So what does a healthy relationship with you look like? So treat yourself how you want your partner to treat you. Um, you're working on your self-awareness. You're improving yourself. You're getting your self-esteem in order. And you want to work on being emotionally vulnerable. And, and this can be hard for everybody, men, women included. Um, sometimes it's just hard to put yourself out there, right? It's just hard to, it's hard to let people see you because people look at it and think that you're weak. And Brene uh, Brown will tell you one of the most powerful things we have is our vulnerability. It's being able to trust that um, I can show somebody what I look like when I'm not at, in, at standing in that kind of power, when I, when I feel insecure. And it doesn't mean you're an insecure person. It means that you have moments where you feel insecure. So don't make it a, a characteristic or an attribute it's a it's something that you might experience periodically. It doesn't mean that's how you show up all the time. 
And when you are having moments of doubt or insecurity, or you're just not sure what you should do next, to be able to have someone that you can share that with and for them to see that side of you and be able to comfort and embrace you or just sit there with you and say, I don't know what you need right now, but I'm going to be here with you. Let me know when you figure it out. Let me know just if being here is going to help you. And sometimes that's all we need, but sometimes we don't get it because we're not able to express vulnerability. We're not able to demonstrate being vulnerable. And people who struggle with that, they don't often, um, they don't often do well in finding secure relationships because the secure person is expecting that. They're looking for somebody who's able to demonstrate that kind of vulnerability. Um, working through your past trauma and becoming more emotionally vulnerable is going to help you uh, form a secure attachment style. So if you've gone through some traumatic experiences and you think, I'm just not going to deal with it, the experience didn't go away. You just haven't dealt with it. And trust me when I tell you, if you keep trying to push it down, somewhere it's just going to bubble up somewhere else at some point. It's like trying to hold an air balloon underwater. At some point, unless you pop it, at some point, it's going to keep bouncing up to the surface. And even after you pop it, the remnants are going to end up on a beach somewhere. Somebody's going to find it. We have to be willing to go through whatever it is that we went through, be able to stand on your story and not be stuck in your story. So whatever trauma you experienced, get to a place where you can stand on that story because that is when you're going to feel empowered. And the wonderful thing about that is that's also when you're going to be able to use your story to bless somebody else. And when you're stuck in it, you'll know because the emotion attached to it, you can't control it. The emotion continues to, and that's okay because that means you just haven't worked through it. But no, another pastor I used to visit the church used to say, we can't fix what we won't face. We can't fix what we won't face. So you have to be willing to look at, to deal with that trauma and whatever you need, whatever help you need, again, secure attachment style knows where to get the support and the comfort that they need. So secure attachment doesn't mean you don't have traumatic experiences. It means you're willing to face the traumatic experience so you can figure out how do I process this and what help do I need to process it? So I think just to, and I want to find out if anyone has anything to share. Does secure attachment style sound like you? <laughs> and has anybody been able to take the, um, the assessment either before the show or if not, I want you to take it today. Take it after the show because it'll take you about 15, 20 minutes maybe to take the assessment. And if you can do yours and your partner or your ex or get your partner, if you're with someone, get your partner to take it. And next week when I come back and I'm talking about next week is anxious attachment. I want to hear uh, what you got there. Hey, Monica, what's going on, lady? Girl, you know what? I'm going to tell you something. You know I love you, but I swear you get on my dickety damn nerves because <laughs> first of all, <laughs> I know I'm secure attachment. I'm going to take the doggone test. I just went on the little thing. I'm going to take it when we get off, Okay. <laughs> But girl, do you understand what we really dealing with out here? I mean, I, I, I can't include myself because praise Jesus, it took me so long to find somebody that just wasn't crazy with bad credit, just got out of prison, got five kids, 
don't know what to do with itself, horrible in bed, insecure, can't stand the fact that I'm successful. So it took me a long time to find him. Go back on and that one again. And I just want to tell you yeah. how happy I am yeah. for you. I am so happy for you because I love that you have such positive stuff to say about your man. It just does my heart good. And did she say jealous of her? Yeah. Girl, that's definitely that would definitely not be secure attachment. The the folks who are jealous of the people that they have chosen to be with because she's just too yes. daggone successful. But girl, it's so many cray cray people out here. I mean, you know, I just did my show on. Now you Say know it. the title title of my show was I just the told somebody pool. about an hour ago. Wait, wait a minute. The, the dating pool, pool got pee in it. Has pee and poop in it. And a little okay. poop. Girl, let me tell I you what LaTurk's over that thing. Girl, it is it is a hot man. And it's like my white friends, my black friends, my LGBTQI friends. Everybody is complaining about what is happening in the world, why it's so hard to connect with people. And the biggest thing is what you're addressing, Lisa, they don't want to take the time to get still and look at your shit. Nope. Get they still, are not look looking at, at their shit shiggity. and change Wait, it. Look. You know what I'm Wait. saying? Or they want to be victims to the end of time. To the oh, end of look. time. <laughs> they don't want to look. If you don't give me that, if you don't send that to me tomorrow, I'm, I'm writing you out the wheel. <laughs> oh, they don't want to look at that shiggity. Look at your little Mr. and Miss shiggity. No. It's okay. No, Girl, no it like... really is. They are running from their own lives. I, you know, I say there are people who are victims of their own lives. They are being held hostage yeah. by their life and they don't even know it because they don't want to look at it. They, they're too busy trying to hide it, pretend it didn't happen. They're looking at our lives. They're looking at everybody else's lives and they're not looking at theirs. And they're so busy just moving on to the next thing that they yep. don't take a minute to go. Like you said, sit with yourself for a minute, but see, if you don't like you, if you don't Nothing. like you, you're going to have a problem Preach. sitting with yourself long enough to go. What just happened? Facts. Facts. And I, I'm telling you, you know what? And it's so funny, Lisa. I'm going to say this and I'm going to shut up because I know somebody else want to talk too. But people are always like, oh my goodness, you're so balanced and you're so in tune with yourself. And I look at them politely say, and I have put in other work. I have taken again, the time to look at my shit. And when I looked in the mirror and I did not like that girl looking back at me, I was like, oh, hell no, nah, heifer. I don't even know who you are, <laughs> girl. <laughs> we, we can probably put a, I can almost, I don't have a date, but I can tell you it was 28. Oh. I remember at 28 having Hang a conversation. You know what? I'm not talking to you because you just stole my story, Lisa. Stop when, lying. Look, when, look, and it Lisa, was my- it was 20, it was 28 it's for me. About, it's something about right before you turned 30 then because Girl. my bio dad who didn't raise us, I would always get these calls from him. He was always in some sort of, everything was always crisis and love the man to death was with him when he died. Thank God my parents who raised me raised me to say, I don't get here without him. And even if that had been the only reason, I showed him love, you know? But I can remember then 
he was going through one of his crises and I would always get these phone calls. And I remember that being the conversation where I said, we're not doing this again. This, <laughs> we're not doing this again. Like put my address hey. in your pocket. And if I, if they need to find me after you're dead, they, they, have, they know where to reach me, but I can't keep going through this trauma. But, but what I realized was I had kept trying to date my dad. Yeah. So I was dating men who were not emotionally available. They were yeah. great men. My dad was, look, when that man walked into a room, honey, heads turned. Women's heads, men's heads, everybody's heads turned. He had charisma. He was charming right. as all. He had, a look, my mom had two kids with him. He couldn't have been half bad, right? But he wasn't emotionally available. Yeah. And when you are trying to date people who are not emotionally available, it can mm -hmm. take you. So, so even if you are secure, there are things that can happen that can take you out of your secure. Now, some of them are traumatic. It's a death, you know, some kind of a loss. It could be a divorce or a big breakup, or you could be with someone who's in one of the other styles. If you're with someone who is avoidant or, or anxious avoidant, which are the third and fourth weeks that I'm going to cover, anxious avoidant, they call the worst of two worlds because it takes the worst of the avoidant attachment and the worst of the anxious attachment, and it combines them into one. Oh, Lord and even Jesus. if you're secure, if you're secure and you end up with somebody like that and you you don't catch it because you don't even know there's a thing, you yeah. will try to compensate for that dysfunction. And before you know it, you slipped into anxious attachment and you're a nervous basket case every time they leave. You're wondering, yeah. you're that chick, you know, and, and look, I've been there. And, and, and even knowing that you're secure, I can look back and go, oh my God, I remember when I did that, that was me going yeah. into anxious. Yeah. Right? And you also have to be able to look at it objectively and not look at the scarcity mindset that a lot of men Ooh. and women have that to be able to look at the person, I mean, I've, I really have been listening to you. And the one thing that you said that may, I mean, a lot of things that you said, but what really resonates with me is when you can honestly look at the other person and see if I'm secure and you have one of these other attachment styles, is there a way for you to grow to a more healthy space and place? If right. it isn't, that's when you have to make the decision to let it go. Because yep. sometimes you can bless people and you can help them and God puts them in your life for you to be a bridge or for you to help them with growth. I get that. But sometimes you have to be honest when you know it's time to get the hell on and you don't want to because cause you're afraid you you being alone and, you know, and, exactly. and, and look, look here, when you enjoy your own company, you don't give a rat's booty. You be like, bye. God bless you. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> I'm not no, with no. you today, Lisa. I am not. No, I got gadgets. But no, such a, it, no, Monica, such a you, you are right. It, so much of it hinges on that ability to get comfortable with you. Yep. That ability to be comfortable with it. And, and I can remember I, I was married at the time. My mom and my dad were together and my, my ex and my dad were going on a fishing trip, a, a boating trip. My dad had a sailboat. They were going sailing for like a weekend, a long weekend. And we drove over to my parents because they were going to leave from there. And my mom and I were standing in the driveway as they drove off. And we're, you know, wait, bye, honey. Oh, bye. And, and as we're smiling like this, I said, what you going to do this weekend? She said, I'm not putting clothes on after today. I'm getting in my pajamas for the next three days. She said, how about you? 
I said, I got a DVD set of Barbara Streisand movies, and I hope they don't come back early. And we just smiling and waving because, because you're okay being by yourself. Like, you can appreciate having that person in your life because they're fabulous, right? But you also are good alone, and you know that yep. being by yourself, is there's some good things that come from that. You get to just have that little self-assessment time and go, this really is good. I'm thankful. But you, but you some- have to, it's like what you said, you have to... Re- See, you know what? If I was on one of those reality shows like Big Brother where they videotape everything you do, girl, people would be like, woo, she crazy. She's so crazy. Because, Lisa, I enjoy my own company. Girl, I be in my house listening to my music, dancing, dancing. bibbidi-bopping around, screaming, hollering, and stuff that I see on Instagram in between the crazy clients and everything else that I'm doing. See, okay, girl, dance, hit it, dance party. I'm not going to push but, it because it'll go for 30 seconds. My, this is oh what a, a girlfriend sent me. It's a 30-second dance party. I hit the button, and I can dance around my office. I enjoy my own company. I mean, I love my sweetie. He's amazing, but he gets on my damn nerves, too. But I love him, but I love Monica. So as long as I'm loving me, girl, when he off doing what he's supposed, you know, whatever, I'm good. And yep. I, don't freak out, I don't freak out when he's traveling or he's on the road because he's a high-performance coach and he's a retired uh, NBA player. So he's still real heavily involved okay. with sports and travels. And he's big. Yeah. Girl, I'll be like, love ya. Enjoy yourself. Bye-bye. And yep. then when he comes home, and then I'm happy excited. You know? Yeah, I was gonna say you can be excited when he comes when he comes back. So no, exactly. I, I appreciate you. I'm I am so happy for you because I just I am so happy when I meet women. Well, men too, but I'm gonna just put it. I'm happy when I meet women who have found somebody that balances them out, that gives them this other perspective, without them having to dim their light. They right. want your light to be. He wants your light to be as bright as it can shine. He don't mind putting on shades if he needs to. Um, but otherwise, he enjoys you being able to shine and him being able to bask in it and vice versa. And, and unfortunately, him, Lisa, I'm telling you, I could share yeah. with your audience and people that are going to listen to your replays. Girl, when I tell you I kiss baskets and buckets and pools of frogs to get to this one. <laughs> I'm telling you, Wait, you don't mama. understand, girl. Oh, Jesus. Wait, did you Woo! say she said pools of frogs, y'all. Pools, pools of frogs. Pools. Kermit and all of his buckets and pools. Girl, Hermit, Kermit, Lermit, Larry. All of them. All of them. Okay. Wanda. I see Wanda on here. <laughs> I got it. Pools of frogs. Hey, Wanda. I see you, but I don't hear you yet. Wanda, you got your audio on? All right, Lisa, you something you know on me. there. Go ahead, while she's trying to get her audio. Go ahead, Monica. But I mean, seriously, I, 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 again, you know, you know, I'm in my 50s and I'm, I'm single, never been married by choice. Um, I've been engaged a couple of times. I was a person that broke the engagement because, see, I'm serious about my life. I'm serious about the quality of the person that I want in my mm-hmm. life. It's not about them being perfect, but I, I don't yeah. want to be, I, you know, I've got girlfriends that have been married three, four and five times to me never being married at all. 
And it's all because they feel this pressure that society makes women feel that, you know, you if you ain't married by 40, if you ain't married by 50, that ain't got crappy damn to do with it. It's about finding a quality person who you see yourself with for the rest of right. your life. Well, I can I, I don't know if I can speak for all of your girl because I'm what I've been married enough times for you and, and a friend and one of them frogs. And, so, you know, people say, oh, well, that, you don't have a healthy respect for marriage. I said, actually, I do have a healthy respect for marriage, which is why I won't stay in one that's BS. So if, if you end up with somebody who thinks they want to be married, I tell people marriage is like jumping out of a plane with a parachute. You don't jump out the plane and go, I sure hope this parachute works. Come you on. were supposed to have your parachute packed before you got up in the air. Girl, test that this puppy is, and everything else. Yeah, okay? it, it, yeah. And so I, you know, I tell people this is I live my life as fearlessly as possible. I have a healthy respect for relationship and marriage. And I said, and because of that, I won't live in one that's a lie. And I, my girlfriends will tell me, and you still stayed in some of those too long because I'm going to put everything into it that I can until I realize I'm done. But when I realize That's I'm good. done, oh, it's done, 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 done. Yeah. Wanda, are you, Wanda, do you have sound? Yes, yes. There she is. Hey there. Hi, I don't know what was going on, but that's okay. So tonight, <laughs> this is such a wonderful show. But oh, tonight, I'm here, I'm here with my mom. Hello. Hey. So we're, we're here together, and as the show's going on, I'm saying, yeah, mom, you did that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's how you taught us. And the one thing I do know is, and even now, she is 86 years old. And even today, she called a great, great grandson just so he would feel how special that he is. Oh, my gosh. And she lets him know almost on a daily just what's going on. She asks him how he is when he comes in. She does the same thing if she's with him. But if she's not with him, she lets him know he's still being thought about. See? Now that's so a kid. How old is he? Five. Now that is a kid who is going to have a sense of himself. He feels exactly. cared for and loved. His self-esteem is going to be healthy. Man, there ain't nothing like a Nana. No, nothing like it. <laughs> nothing like it. But this is what she did for us, her children. Mm -hmm. So we've always felt like that. Remember I told you I have to compliment people? My mom yes. told me. Yes. Yes, you and did. She, she's sitting here, and I'm telling you, I have done it. But now we're yeah. going to get that. Willie's behind me, but we're still going to skip it and talk about this. I'm moving out the room. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Will. <laughs> he, he said I'm moving out the room. I'm living now. <laughs> so, you know, now, never been divorced, but I enjoy these because I take it not only with the male aspect, my husband relationship, I take it into other aspects of my life with other people. Mm -hmm. So, now, for me, I'm, I think I'm pretty much... I think I think I'm pretty much right. Yes, you are. I, I'm yeah. okay. Yes, yeah. she, 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 yeah. Mom I'm, says you're secure. You probably secure. <laughs> yes, yes, I, she is. <laughs> I think I. Where'd your audio if go? She wasn't, I would tell her. What did you say? 
I'm sorry, Lisa. Oh, I, she said if she, she said if she, you weren't, she would tell you. Yes, she would. Yes, she would. But growing up, I mean, in the house, she always gave me that. But it was my mm-hmm. outside that didn't give it to me. And that's where my right. problems came in. Yeah. It was not within the home. It was outside of the home. And so yep. I had to battle with that. And I, I finally did. I mean, I, I've i done it most of my yes, life. But, but it, it's, it has been a struggle. But yeah, my that, question Thanks for bringing that in, uh, in to, for people to think about, that you may have come through a, a home where you had all of this, but like I said, you can come through, be secure oh attachment, God. and have things in your life that pull you off of that. Oh, yes. Okay. So the house was completely different from the outside world. But my struggle is sometimes you aren't evenly yoked. Mm-hmm. It just mm-hmm. happened. I yeah. love, <laughs> love yeah. him to death. Yeah. But you do need that break. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way can everybody get my Wanda's having this metered talking. She's like talking, it's like kind of coded. No, look, 50% of people are secure attachment. 50% are. That means another 50% are not. So you got a 50-50 chance. And since we didn't even know to look for this, shoot, if I had known this in my teens, life would have been different. Because I know it was somewhere in my late teens or 20s where it took a turn and it took me some time to get my behind back on track. And I almost feel like you came back to what you already knew and what you had been taught in the first place. But Absolutely. Um, you know, you you got a 50-50 chance that you're going to end up with somebody that did not come up like you. Now, that on top of the fact that we all got raised in different households anyway. So even if you had mm-hmm. two secure people, you got two secure people that got raised in two different homes. But yes. you t- you do that with a secure and a, a yeah. anxious avoidant or no, a, a or anxious or... Devo- yeah. Okay, I see my mom's yeah, on here too. But he said... There was one thing I used to say. We would we would get in our arguments and stuff, and I would say to myself, "I know what's wrong with him. My mother didn't raise him." <laughs> so, <laughs> so one day, there, this is true story. Seriously, it came out of my mouth. Oh, usually I would just think it and go, "Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I know what's wrong with him. My mother didn't raise him. I go about my business." And then one day we we had this argument, and I said, "Well." That's what's wrong with you. My mother did not you. And his response was, you talking about my mother? <laughs> I couldn't say anything. Talking to, no. It, the, the sound got horrible, but I know what you said. Your, his response was, you talking about my mama? Yes. yes. Uh, no, not directly. Just saying, we got raised yeah. by two different moms. That's exactly. all I was trying to and say. Is we got raised differently, think, uh, and I'm gonna go right. and, and put a bookshelf together now. Right, and I think you definitely need that break. I enjoy it when I have my breaks. And he used yep. to go. He was in military, so he would go away for like sometimes six months at a time. It was just like absolutely wonderful, but. You know, now we're in retirement. <laughs> yeah, it's a different, it's a different, 
It's a different, but see, Wanda, I always appreciate you coming on because you will tell us, you know, the real deal, what's going on. Well, you, oh, Monica, yes. I think, I think maybe I, that's just my, my audience just seems to be the real people that are willing to share because people need to even be honest about that. I'm listening to Michelle Obama's um, new book. And yeah. I got to tell you, she, she just went through this section on talking about when she and Obama first started dating in their first time going to meet his parents. And she just talks about how differently they were raised and what kind of, of, of issues that caused in their relationship earlier that they had to learn to work through that they were just raised in different mm -hmm. families by different parents with a different set of par parameters that they used as kind of guideposts mm -hmm. on how they handled disagreements or whatever. So mm -hmm. it's good to realize that because if one person has secure attachment and can resolve it, um, the other person can learn to become more secure in their relationship and their attachment mm -hmm. style. But it's huge to be mm -hmm. able to know, I need some time away every now and then. Cause that's how I need the process. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I, you know, you, you, like I'm not trying to wear an orange jumpsuit right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Mom, I see you on here. Well, oh, she's married boy. to my dad, so. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh god. Mom, you got to get closer to your phone. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, what a what a show, what a show. I don't know, Monica, Monica, Monica. Okay. <laughs> First of all, as far as attachments, even being raised in the same house, you know, there were six of us, seven counting my cousin Perry, who I always yep. say is my brother, um, not my husband, my <laughs> my cousin, and and looking at my sisters. Um, I know there are different attachment styles within oh. us. Mm -hmm. Yep. Although we were raised in the same house by the same parents. Now, the home environment is one thing. Our community also, besides our parents, our community was very supportive. I grew up doing segregation. I lived in an all-black community. I went to an all-black uh, nurse um, elementary school until eighth grade. Um, we could go to the skating mm -hmm. rink on Wednesday night, the bowling alley on Tuesday, and we could climb the fire escape stairs on Saturdays to go to the movies. So the outside world also had an influence on, on some of those attachments, I'm, I'm sure, because even mm -hmm. though we, we, got, we got a lot of support from our community, our black community and our homes, the society, the world, uh, and mm -hmm. was was run by uh, people that didn't look like us, and they mm -hmm. were telling us on a daily basis, either through their actions, through their laws, that we were less than. So right. a lot so you of have, us. So you have. So yeah, I don't want to confuse people when we're looking at secure attachment. There, there's how we get socialized. What happens when we get outside the home? And when right. you're looking at your attachment style in terms of your home environment, how you got raised, how you got loved on, how what kind of attention you got. So when you're talking about multiple siblings in a house, that's an interesting one because you look yeah. at the relationships between the parents and the and the kids. And because it's my family, I know, you know, you being the oldest, 
and right. having, you know, parents working outside of the home, you know, all of that relationship between siblings and how one parent might react or respond to a child or how some children just have a natural mm-hmm. ability to not need the same thing as one of the siblings might. Yeah, you can yeah. definitely come through the same home with different attachment styles. Then when we layer that with the social construct, so how we get socialized, once you get out into the world and start dealing with that, that I, it'll be interesting. Now I'm going to have to look and see how much that impacts attachment style as opposed to just how we get um, um, indoctrinated into culture and how we get impacted by culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would yep. be an inter- uh, interesting study. Yep, but I would definitely so. say that, you know, with you, your sisters, uh, it, it would be interesting for you to take the assessment uh, thinking about one of your sisters. So basically take the one for partners yeah. and see if you would be able to fill that out for one of your sisters and see what comes out. Or better yet, yeah. send it to your sisters and let them all take their own attachment style assessment. Yeah, I think that would be better. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, sit in and see what would happen because it, it would just be an interesting thing to see. And Wanda, you could do the same thing with your significant other and uh, see. Hey, Laura, <laughs> uh, Jennifer, Justin, I'm inviting everybody. Click that link, take your assessment, get the book. I'm telling you, you will. There's a t- you can actually take the assessment inside the book. There's there are two assessments you can do right in the book, the written ones. Um, but you can go online and and do it without even buying the book. Because I just think it's a it's an interesting thing. Well, Wanda's Wanda's sitting, Wanda's mom is sitting there tickle just tickle pink. It's an interesting thing. I look, we have gone, we are still going on. It's six twenty four. Oh I'm going to let everybody go, but I want to thank you, Monica, Wanda, my mom, for um, getting on here tonight and sharing. Because I just think the conversation is always enriched and richer when we have more voices in the conversation because the folks who get to hear this in replay may be able to relate to me, but if they don't, they're definitely going to find somebody when the audience is willing to share like this. So thank you next week. So tonight was secure attachment next week. I'm going to go into part two and I'm going to be talking about anxious attachment, anxious attachment style. And so just a little hint, That's the person that seems to be on edge, nervous, they're insecure about the relationship. And if it isn't you, think about somebody that you've dated in your past where, you know, every time you weren't with them, your phone, well, I don't know how old everybody is. Your phone was blowing up or your house phone was blowing up or every time you saw them, they wanted to know where you went. So anxious attachment style is going to be the topic for next week. Everybody have a great weekend and good night. Bye. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Dr. Lisa Summerhour, and until next time, remember, your life, your journey, and divorce is not a destination. Created live on Fireside.